welcome back Marlins fans to another episode of Marlins 9. I'm your host Jeremiah Geiger and today I am joined by first place Fish from Twitter. How are you doing man? Doing great man riding this wave or roller coaster. Enjoying the season so far man. How you been doing? I've been doing good. I've been doing good. It's been a it's been a crazy year though. Lots of ups and downs. Really exciting to cover it. The beginning of the season as we head into the month of May, actually mid-May, approaching June, get into the thick of it pretty soon. But Miami, they've had an up and down season, especially following them, you know, a couple weeks back with the seven game win streak. And then just like that, they lose uh, eight out of 10, I think it was something like that. So it's been ups ups and downs. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, nine to 10 and eight of those were by one run. So Wow. It was so frustrating. It doesn't make it easier. <laughs> no, not at all. I think um, the if you could sum up the Marlins season in one game, for me so far, it has to be the Mother's Day game when Jorge Alfaro hit the walk-off homer. I was just so upset after that game because to that point, I've been a shutout. You're going to win. You got a great start from Trevor, and then just like that, it's over. So hopefully they bounce yeah. back. Yeah, I'm glad they. I mean, then they went on to lose three more in a row to uh, to the D-backs, and thank God, you know, we <laughs> we came we came back with a nine run ninth inning because uh, you know ha- happy flight home, and hopefully it turns it around. But yeah, of course, Alfaro with two outs, uh, it's a walk off, right? So right, I couldn't really plan it better. I, that's what I said. It, I said baseball is uh, baseball is beautiful, and we were on the wrong end of it this time around because. I mean, if I wasn't, if I didn't have any skin in the game and I didn't care who who would win, and I just wanted both teams to have fun, I probably would have been rooting for Alfaro to stick it back to us. So, uh, yeah, it sucked. <laughs> definitely, definitely, um, really important series this weekend against the Brewers. I think, because uh, because Milwaukee's one of the best teams in the National League, and Miami at this point they cannot afford to start falling further behind in the standings especially if you look at the wild card standings right now, the National League West at this point, I think has three teams that should make the postseason based on their rosters and how they've been playing with the Giants, Dodgers, and Padres. And you got that third wild card and St. Louis has been playing good baseball. So if Miami wants to be competitive and not let this get away, they have to take two out of three this weekend, I think. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, yeah, because then you start, you know, we're only three games under 500 right now. You lose another series like that, you know, you start to, it's like Wilson leaving Tom Hanks, right? It's just getting right. further and further away from our goal, right? So it's, we got to bounce back, especially after that nine run, ninth inning, you know, is our last memory of uh, during this off day we got today. Let's come back and, and I, I don't want any more one run games. I want to keep no. winning my five, six, seven runs, you know? Uh, but yeah, let's stay in it. I mean, <laughs> I, I said the other day, right on the podcast, I said, uh, this is going to be like a real, it's going to be a real streaky team. I think we're going to win. We're going to have a few winning streaks. We're going to have a few losing streaks. Just depends on if we, we can get, you know, everyone hot at the right time. And hopefully we started to see Avi come out of it, uh, hit a bomb uh, late in the game. Um, so hopefully now he can start relaxing and coming up in the clutch now too. And uh, obviously Jorge or Jorge. Uh, yeah. Solaire, goodness. 
dropping another bomb too. So if those two guys start to come around and, and get hot, because you know their their stats got to even out, no matter if you're old school stats guy or a woba bebabo bip whatever plus, <laughs> it doesn't matter. These these guys have to balance out at least hopefully to below average to their terms, which is still be an improvement for right now. So those guys get hot, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully put another winning streak together and pitching keeps, you know, doing what they're doing. You know, of course that ninth inning kills us though. Uh, I, I saw those numbers. I forgot what it was, but our bullpen has been, been good until, until crunch time at the end. So we got to figure those two things out. Definitely. Um, I think on one of the first podcasts I talked about how, us as fans, we need to have patience with Avi Garcia and Aguilar at the time was struggling with the bat and he, he heated up, um, started hitting the ball really well. And you start to see over time that these hitters are good major league, you know, producers. They just had a cold start and hopefully that keeps up with Garcia. He, um, definitely had a better series against the Diamondbacks same thing with Solaire, the power's there. It's just consistency for him. But you touched on it with the bullpen. I think this is such a recurring theme for me in this podcast is talking about the bullpen. And it's almost like <laughs> playing the same record over and over again because yeah. at this point, what do you do? It's um, I'm interested to hear your thoughts, especially for the closer role, because that is just the thorn in the side right now for, for the fish. It's something that we just seem to not be able to get over so far this season yeah well my suggestion would be to put in Cole Sulcer in there and then that happened so it's yeah it's tough. <laughs> I mean no one has the real answer you know and now you think right now Anthony Bass is throwing the ball really well and he's he's been consistent you know he's not walking many people he can throw mid to high 90s right nice soft speed stuff but yeah if you're looking at just that this year, you're like, okay, put this guy in there. No one else is doing it. But being a closer is, you know, is more than half mental. Some, it takes a different mentality. Some, it it take you can you don't have to throw 99, right? You you can throw 92 with some nasty sink or some crazy off speed stuff, but it's all up here. It's it's in and that and that's hard to put on paper or to evaluate like that. So sometimes you don't figure it out until somebody is in there. So. My solution would be to go sign a freaking closer during the offseason that's been there and done it, uh, which is hard to do and hard to you know, commit $12, 13000000 $14 million a year on that. But at the same time, we also did that with two other players in a crowded outfield, right? So I don't know. Uh, hopefully you leave it to the, to the folks who uh, have been deemed qualified to be in the front office and make those decisions. But uh, as far as in-house, it's tough because you're looking at, you're looking at these ninth innings and it, we are who we who, who we thought they were, <laughs> right? So right. They are who we thought they were. It's you know we all saw it kind of coming. Uh, starting pitching's elite, bullpens holding it together. Ninth inning, who's it going to be? We still don't know. So um, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like maybe go, you know, maybe run Sulcer out there again, but uh, we need a bulldog out there, and I don't know who that is. So. It's tough because I w was on the same page as you when it came to Cole Sulcer. I was like, I think it was yeah. on last week's episode of Fist Stripes Live. We were talking about mm -hmm. it. And I said, you have to give him a chance. He, he's he's performed one um, just incredible. And then he goes out, he gets his chance, and he makes one bad pitch, and now he's the scapegoat. So it's like, 
But if you take away him, I mean, I've heard Stephen Oker been thrown out there as a possibility, but he had a really rough outing the other day. Um, and honestly, I I think Anthony Bass at the minimum deserves another shot. And I brought that up and it seems like everyone's like, no, no, they don't want any piece of <laughs> Anthony Bass. <laughs> and I don't blame them, but um, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know who else you can justify putting out there based on the numbers until you get to July, August, and then maybe you can go out and try to make a trade for a closer because they're going to have to, if they want to make the postseason, they're going to have to add to this bullpen, whether they want to right now or in two months down the road, they're going to make some moves if they're in the race. Yeah, hundred percent. And so much of this year is going to be, you know, let's hope and pray that we're at 500 at the all-star break uh, or leading up to the, to the trade deadline. Uh, Cause we have plenty of depth. We, we even have pieces on the major league roster and, that it's part of that depth, not just minor league farm system guys, but we can definitely make some moves if our record and standing warrants it. Uh, so, I mean, I think we have pieces to be 500 at the oh, all-star. Definitely. Rate, you know, definitely. So, you know, we got the guys on the roster who are going to be there at least for the next few months, two months. So they, they just got to step up and who that's going to be in the ninth inning. I, I don't know, but it's such a recurring theme and it's hard. Like we know we've had a, really cool history with, with closers, but we either hit or we really miss if we don't have that guy. So, right. uh, so we gotta, you know, it's, it's also demoralizing to the team, right? When you start getting into the late innings with a lead and then you blow it, that hasn't really been, it seems like the case too much this year. It seems like a lot of times, you know, it's, you know, it, I, I would say the starting pitching has been the most, uh, the most affected by, uh, either a lack of runs on a certain day without explanation, like Sandy, or if we do have a lead right. in the ninth inning, we don't have somebody to count on. So I think everybody's just been down. That's why I really hope this this last game against the Diamondbacks, I don't know, put some pep in the step. And they, they just got to, you know, I, I think they have to find a reason to play a little pissed off every day, whether, whether they're mad at, uh, you know, they're not being fans or Avi gets mad at his former team, even though they didn't do anything to him. I don't know they got to start reaching for some irrational inspiration like MJ used to uh, in the last dance, uh, you know, series that we saw Find dig deep and find something, especially the closers, man. You know, I don't know at this point. It's like, I don't know. I don't, we've tried almost everybody. Maybe baskets, another shot. Um, start taking things personally, man. You hear somebody chirping in the other dugout, you know, maybe they're talking about your girl or something, figure something out and, and beat the other guy. So, uh, we'll see. We got the guys to be 500. I think that's a short-term goal, and then we'll have to see what uh, what Kim and, and the group can do. Yeah, and <laughs> it was, I, like you said, with these one-run games that they've been in, it felt like for an eternity, right? Uh, they haven't been getting blown out, so that's a good mm-hmm. sign. It, it shows that they have a major league roster who can compete with these teams, who can compete with the Padres and the Braves and the Mets of the world. <laughs> Um, but the issue is, is if you want to become a postseason team and make a run, because ultimately the goal is to win the World Series, you're going to have to win these close games and you're going to have to turn on that switch. So when you're in these tight ball games, you can pull them out and it always starts with the little things. So it's going to be really interesting to see this weekend if if Miami can respond and and win a series and if they can get any momentum heading into next week. Um, 
because frankly put, they don't have a lot of time to be messing around anymore. This thing could get away from them in a hurry. And another thing, if they really wanted to put a spark to this ball club, they could start by calling up Max Meyer, which is a player I've been waiting for for a long time now. And I think most of us are kind of at the point of there's literally no more excuses of why he's still pitching in AAA. There's there's not one. No, especially for, a, you know, you understand the last regime and their motivations and, and uh, their reasons for how they did business. But, you know, for these guys to come out before the season and say they're, you know, ready to win, whether or not it's with a straight face and that they have money, right? Sorry, that's my dog. He doesn't, he doesn't like how this is going either. Yeah. Right. But for these guys to come out and, uh, Jesus Christ, (laughs) can you edit this out or no? (laughs) Oh, we'll see. We'll see. (laughs) Who cares? He's part of the show now. Yeah. So exactly. for them to come out and say that, uh, you know, they're ready to win. We have money, this and that. Uh, that should also coincide with, I mean, in parallel, we should also be ready to call up those stud rookies that are major league ready, you know, not waiting for, I don't, I, I'm not familiar with the uh, service time manipulation, how it's changed with the last TBA, but I'm sure some of it has to do with that. I don't know, but you know, keeping guys in the minors longer than they have to be, you know, those are those are you know calculated risks that we can be taking right now. I mean, it's not even a. I mean, this guy is showing out completely in, in every level he's been in in the minor leagues, and he he looks like a gamer. Uh, if if we didn't have a complete need, if we had five bona fide studs in the starting rotation right now, I would say bring him up to close. Uh, but you know, he could be really really valuable for a long time in the in the rotation. So, uh, and maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe they're waiting for Edward Cabrera too to to get a hundred percent, and then they have a a good problem to deal with like we want these two guys up here what do we do do we trade a starter do we need a closer to trade for or do we put both these guys up here and find a place for them in the in the rotation or bullpen so there's a there's a lot of different ways that everything can go but i think one thing's for sure is that we we got to call this guy up (laughs) yeah no doubt um and i think if miami gets to be you know within five six games of the division come the trade deadline and they're in that, you know, position where they can make a run for the wild card or the division, you're going to see um, a, a big, a big time move with one of these pitchers from the Marlins system going, going off and hopefully getting an elite closer or a bat, another bat, but that's, that's too far down the road to really delve into. But yeah, the, the Marlins have a absolute stockpile of wealth when it comes to, farm system depth especially when it comes to the starting arms you know even like guys in low a ball like Jordi Perez he's he's absolutely Mm. dominant and I'm really excited to see his progression um as he as he continues his career and Eddie Cabrera he's almost ready to come back um he kind of got a cup of coffee last year in the bigs and I liked what Mm -hmm. I saw I would have liked to see a little more um uh, length from his starts. I think that's a big issue. I see also with Trevor yeah. Rogers is it seems to me like Trevor will have, you know, a one run, two run start where he pitches solid, puts his team in a position to win, but he goes five innings almost every time. At least that's how I feel every time I watch him. And I would like to see these guys go deeper in the ball games. Cause then you can take the stress off the bullpen a little bit, but um, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And 
there's nothing we can do except just spectate. We're not the ones on the field. No, yeah, we just sit and watch and see uh, you see what happens with the rotation, see how many more times Dela Cruz gets sent down. Uh, right. it's, it's you know it's, it's always it's always something fun to follow i one thing i just i was just thinking of too is like man it's going to be interesting to see how everything plays out at the trade deadline if we are 500 or close to you know wild card contention what are we going to do if uh you know if Ag, if, if aggie is our you know most valuable trade chip he's on his contract year and you know he might not be a long-term piece of the puzzle do we do we move him, call uh, Diaz up, uh, or you know what trade value would uh, Soler have? You know, you saw what he did when he got dealt last year at the deadline, and he's got a. I, I would say not too risky of a contract. I mean, two more years, and he could be worth it. He may not. It's. I feel like it's going to be hard to move uh, Garcia's contract. Also, yeah, I don't think being he, so f- he, he can be moved. Yeah, yeah it, it, especially now. I mean, you know, maybe someone will take a chance on him when he's hot in a couple years from now, but. Uh, with a year or two left on his contract, but also it's such an interesting, interesting dynamic too. It's like, I mean, we don't care about hurting feelings. At least, at least the, I don't think the front office does. I mean, it's a business, right? But you also start to factor in, okay, these guys are just signed this year. Do we even want to send the message to free agents that we'll deal you, uh, or, or I don't know? But who cares? I mean, if if we're making moves to win and and make the product better on the field and you know, we find the right kind of fit. Not saying that those guys are likely to get dealt that just got signed because they probably aren't, especially especially with the production levels right now. But, uh, you know, I'm just I'm interested to see what Kim does uh, at the deadline. You know, her first full expected to be better kind of season see what happens. So it's, it's, it'll be fun to see. Yeah, and if they want to fit the narrative, their narrative all offseason was we think we can compete. We think we can compete is the word that they used over and over again. And we saw when they went out and they got two, I would say, big name bats. I mean, Jorge Soler was the World Series MVP. Just a couple Mm -hmm. years removed, he almost hit 50 bombs, I think it was, with Kansas City. So it's not like these guys were middle of the pack, like nobodies. They, They performed at the major league level. So they did go out and spend money. And I think it would just be an utter slap in the face if you will, to all Marlins fans, if they think about selling these guys at the deadline, because that's just saying we have no faith. We're not going to make a push for it. If anything, if I'm Kim, Kim Ng, I'd be on the phone, you know, in June, July, as the next couple months uh, come by and say, look, who, who, who do you want from our system? We're willing to deal these guys because Right now, there's like you said with Jesus Aguilar and Lewin Diaz, that's that's a block blockage right there. Aguilar's blocking Diaz, who is major league ready. The rotation, Eliezer Hernandez, he's blocking Max Meyer, he's blocking Edward Cabrera, um, and both those guys I think are major league ready. So it's going to be really interesting over the next couple months. I'm super excited as a as a Marlins fan to see how how it's going to play out, but. Um, Last thing I'll ask you is you're going to the Blue Wahoos game tonight. Um, JJ Blade in the lineup. How do you feel about Blade? Well, dude, first of all, I messed up. So I'm actually going tomorrow because I wanted to catch Perez pitch. I thought it was today. So he's. Oh, he's, gotcha. I think he's going tomorrow. So I'll be there tomorrow. Blade, great question. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like, uh, you know, 
man, super high hopes, obviously getting into the system, college guy, lots of pop top five pick or six. Can't remember. Yeah. You obviously want it to pan out. Plus, you know, he's young enough, athletic enough to, to play center field, which was something that we were, you know, obviously on everyone's radar still, even though yeah, Jesus is doing a great job. I don't think he projects as a long-term center fielder, but anyway, uh, yeah, you got to hope for the best. He keeps his hot streak going and, and maybe, uh, forces, uh, someone's hand uh you know he was he's probably going to be a trade chip at this point because you know we, we, which is you know if, if a team's ready to win and we've committed dollars to uh to Soler and, and Avi and we have Jesus Sanchez there uh there's going to be an odd man out just like there will be with the starting rotation and uh I think Blade is going to end up you know it's almost like yeah, I want to. I wanted to see him. My long-winded answer. I wanted to see him come up and produce in the big leagues, uh, but now it's almost like some fans, uh, maybe like me now, are kind of hoping that this guy keeps tearing it up, so we get a big piece from a from a team that's floundering or in the bottom of the standings. So uh, I don't know. I, I I hope he pans out. I'm going to be rooting for him like he's going to be a Marlin though when I see him tomorrow. Obviously, so uh, oh, we'll definitely. see. Yeah. Definitely. It's yeah. He's one of those guys. He, when he got drafted, I was like, I couldn't have been happier. I thought he was the most major league ready hitter from the draft, you know, mm-hmm. out of Andy. And then he comes up and hits 190 for two seasons straight. It felt <laughs> like, and I'm like, great, here we go again. <laughs> Another failed yeah. prospect, but you know, um, only time will tell. Uh, I think the, the words I choose to use is cautious optimism when it comes to JJ Blade because everyone's oh, like, yeah. Oh my God, he's hitting a, you know, 10 game, 10 game streak. He's hitting 380 or whatever it is. I'm like, okay, it's 10 games. So we just got to wait and see. Yeah. But, I think that's um, great. Great from that's a great term for Marlins fans to use. And we, we had our hearts broken so many times. I think that's become a lot of people's way of thinking now. So I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. Cautious. A hundred percent cautious optimism. Well, I want to thank you again for joining the show. It was a pleasure to have you on here for sure. For and sure, man. Thanks yeah. for having me on. Yeah. And then enjoy See. the the game tomorrow. Thanks, man. I'll, uh, I'll send some tweets out from the game. So yeah, good definitely. Time and, uh, hopefully get some good uh, close up seats to see this guy, this guy pitch, man. It's going to be fun. Yeah. I'm excited to see him. I hope we don't deal him. We'll see. Oh, hopefully not. Yeah. Well, this is another right. episode of Marlins nine. Um, thanks again. First place fish for joining. It was a great episode and we will be back with another. All right. <laughs>